0: Oh, my goodness gracious. It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and 9 a.m. in Sacramento, California. And this is news that you can use from Car Edge with me, Ray, and not Zach, Justice, sitting in for Zach today because, well, Zach is actually traveling at this hour. Justice, how are you this morning?
1: I am doing fantastic. How are you,
0: Ray? Uh, You know, uh, you look well. I feel good um i'm I'm dressed in my fall colors because well it's chillier than than whatever in my apartment, and I refuse to turn on the heat because it's not even october yet
1: uh yeah i i I also do not have the heat on, but that's because it's uh it's sixty seven degrees right now and that's, okay uh, well, sounds nice where you work <laughs> sixty seven and sunny out here in California there you
0: have it. So, so what, what are we is talking about? Son, yeah. yeah, what is it that my son wanted us to talk about today? Used car prices are skyrocketing. Not again. Again. Oh my uh. God! Are are they are they truly skyrocketing, or or have they not gone anywhere recently? Like I know we've been talking. Well, I know my son has been talking that that. Um, used car prices will be going down. That, that That's been his supposition since the beginning of the year. And I believe sometime in January or early February, I suggested that they were not going down and 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 they will not go down appreciably if they do go down. Um, and I, I think I th- we've seen some go down, um, but you know not
1: as much as the wholesale. There seems to be a, a huge gap where we, ex- when wholesale drops, we expect you know a couple months later the retail to follow. Yes, and uh, we keep seeing wholesale go down, and uh, we're still waiting for
0: that retail to follow here. Uh, it doesn't seem to happen, and and uh, wholesale. If you can pull up the black book data, the wholesale uh, went down again last week, I believe. But at a significantly slower pace than what we had been seeing the previous, uh, I want to say seven or eight weeks. Yes, Um, because back in in August we started seeing declines in excess of one percent a week, Um, and for the year we've seen about an eleven and a half percent decline in wholesale values, uh, where we've seen about a half of a point decline. In retail values, um, and I, I would I would guess that one of the reasons that that the depreciation at the wholesale level has slowed down as much as it did last week has to do with the UAW strike. I mean, dealers have to think that that the strike is going to impact new vehicle availability, and if you're going to want reasonably priced zero to two-year-old vehicles, you better be stocking up on them now. And they're not depreciating like they had been. Yeah, and
1: I, I think you you hit the nail on the head there. I think some of these dealers are uh, keeping their prices or even raising, in some cases, out of uh, well, we're looking into the future. We think the strike is going to last longer, so there'll be less. Uh, or at least that's their excuse here. Uh, yes. to your point. Yeah, last week we saw a zero point seven three percent decrease in our week before last, and then uh, this week we saw a point two two percent. So almost in half. It was still a decrease on the wholesale level, but yes. you know, less than half. So, um, so almost third actually. So that, I mean, there's a big there's a big difference there, and this is after only one week of the UAW strike. I'm not sure that the strike would have this much impact so quickly. Again, I think it's dealers sort of projecting.
0: Well, you know, maybe maybe some of the new car dealers have a little bit more inside information as to how the negotiations are going yeah. than, say, uh, you and I. Uh, you know, maybe they're hearing from their factory reps um, that now might be a good time to... Uh, Steadily increase your used car holdings because there's going to be a shortage of new cars from the domestics. That could be, I don't know. Um, and I want to agree with something that Jared Jared suggested, and that is that that you know because there were were 11 to 15 million new cars that were scheduled to be produced that were never produced. Um, we're going to find ourselves. In this dilemma, where there's yep. going to continue to be a shortage of pre-owned cars for the foreseeable future, um, you know, when I did that solo video, I think it was back in January, I, I said I, I think that shortage is going to impact pricing throughout the decade. Um, you know, you, you you don't you don't lose 15 million potential sales. And make that up overnight. It just, yeah, it just doesn't happen. So, yeah, gosh. we've been we've been saying this for oh I, the whole time I've been with CarEdge
1: so for over two years. Like when all these shortages started from the pandemic, and then you had the chip shortage. Everything else we've said for quite some time. This is going to mostly impact in. Two, three years from now, mm-hmm. when the glut of uh, used cars doesn't make it back onto the market, and we're starting to see that, and I agree I think we still got a another year year you know, two years of this of because there just weren't the new cars being purchased that can now become used cars
0: and 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 we're still i mm-hmm. mean with with the way that wholesale values have increased. Even though they've dropped 11.5% this year so far, um, we're still not seeing people just return lease cars because those lease cars are still worth more, even with a declining. Wholesale value today, they're still worth more than what their residual value is um, that they can buy that people can buy them for. So they're they're not returning those vehicles; they're just out and out buying those vehicles. That adds to the shortage of yep. quality used cars out there, which continues to force up the prices of the um, one and two year old vehicles, even the three year old vehicles. It's 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 going to it's going to take years uh, for for things to change enough, where we will see um, an adequate an adequate supply of pre owned cars, so that retail values on those pre owned pre owned cars can come down. At least in my opinion.
1: No, I I agree, and uh, you're right. I mean, people aren't returning their lease cars. I know this because I advise people to buy out their leases every day. Mm-hmm. I, we get people all the time well like my lease is up what should i do uh the number one advice is buy that out you got it in 2020 you've got a great deal on it you know buy out that lease that is by far your best option on most of these vehicles uh igor has it right here too though that leasing is starting to pick up i have seen i've seen more leases this month than i saw last year Yes, Uh, I will say that like there's a lot more people starting to get interested. But again, that that affects
0: the market in three years from now. Exactly. And and there's a tendency for for leasing penetration to increase when. um, Interest rates go up and average monthly payments go up. It is easier for and makes much more sense for a manufacturer to, um, artificially support either residual value or, or, uh, subvent the lease money factor to make a lease more appealing than a purchase. And my guess is, is that that is what some of the manufacturers are doing. We know for a fact, however, that many of the manufacturers are setting these leases up where you no longer have the ability to be able to buy them at the end of the lease, which yeah. means they are strictly just long-term rentals, and, and your ability to be able to, uh, to own that car, buy it at the end, has been restricted. That was one of the things, that, in my mind, that made leasing worthwhile. If you ever found yourself in the situation that we're in today, where your lease car is is worth uh, significantly more than what you could buy it for, and this doesn't happen very often in history, but it's happening now, you know, it made sense for people to buy out their lease. Three years ago, it didn't. Because I can guarantee you that every one of those residual values was much higher than what the vehicle's yeah. actual value was, which yeah. is the way leases are traditionally meant to work.
1: Well, and we're seeing on the reason why we weren't leasing for a long time here is we were seeing residual values. I've seen as low as 42%. Like, mm-hmm. what, like whoa. That's, so they were seeing a whole different market. Now we're seeing, starting to see some more, but we're still in the 50s. Yeah, You know, there are I, very few vehicles where you're into the 60s on your the residual values right now. So I think these OEMs are looking to the future and saying, you know, we, we don't see things improving. Uh, we, we see the market dropping and the values dropping. But in three years from now,
0: you know, I've 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 always said on this show and in, and in several of our videos, I've never understood why the manufacturers stop supporting leases as much as they had been in the past. And the reason I say that is the sweet spot for most leases is typically 36 to 39 months. Well, the beauty of a lease is it forces your customer to do something again in, well, 36 to 39 months, as opposed to when you put them into a 72-month or an 84-month financing position. Well, they can't afford to get out of those vehicles, I don't know, before 60 to 70 months in. Um, so they're stuck with it. And, and I, I would just think as a manufacturer, you want to look for ways to bring your customers back sooner rather than later. i I just never understood why they got away from leasing as much as they had. I agree. And, you know, it brings you in
1: a good quality, high brings in the dealership good high-quality used vehicles to turn stuff around. So the OEM wins, the dealer wins on these leases. And, yeah, the, they're su- not supporting them. Like, look, Stellantis's, uh money factors are still in the 8% in some cases. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, and it's just it becomes insane. Like, why would you? You can throw all these incentives and stuff on it, but when your APR comes out to you know eight point two seven percent, like, oh, that's you know that ruins your leaks all of a
0: sudden. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It it, I, it it has never made sense to me. I I you know maybe it's because some of the brands that I've represented, but you know at, at BMW and and many i mean bmw was typically in the 50 to 60 percent lease penetration range i mean that's how you afford yeah a a an overpriced car <laughs> yes well and you
1: know to your point here look what's the number one uh most appreciating segment oh it's the luxury it's a luxury car market right and that's why you lease those yeah and that has always been the case you know and that's so you go in there and yeah your your BMW Mercedes yeah you you lease them because you know they're going to depreciate a lot, uh, but you know other people come in want to buy them. It,
0: it it goes it always goes back to what uh, uh, Mister Getty said, which is you buy things that appreciate and you lease things that depreciate. Okay. Um, yep. You know we I've had this conversation with my son. Um, an automobile is not an investment. It is not typically no. an appreciating asset. So, you you should always look to lease depreciating assets. It's it, it's like, I, I and I've said it, and I don't know how many videos. If if I was your financial advisor, and I called you up, Justice, and I said. I've got a great idea for you, Justice. I I think you're going to love this. If you give me, say, $50,000 today, just between you and me, I'm going to show you how to turn that into 25 grand in three years. What do you think? And if you go, yeah, I'm in, A, you need to have your head examined. um, But why would you ever use that guy as your financial advisor? And that's
1: no. what the car is. You you hire him to run Lucid, but you don't hire him as a financial <laughs> advisor. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. The, I agree. Like I don't. A lot of these things don't make sense. I would, you know, people ask me about my Model Three all the time, and you know what I think about the depreciation. Like, look, I bought it knowing that it could be worth nothing at the end. Like, like I I bought a depreciating asset. I I understand for. Like a year, things were appreciating. That is not the mindset I went in on my vehicle with. Just can't go there. That's just not how it works. And, you know, the idea of the term a uh, depreciating asset. Well, it's not an asset. It's, it's not an asset. <laughs>
0: yeah, It's a liability. Yes. So, you know, I know my son sent over some instructions for us. God bless him. You know, he's. I don't want. I don't want to suggest for a moment that Zach's like a control freak. Um, <laughs> but, but well, okay, Zach's I, like a control freak.
1: No, nah, I just want to make it clear. I did not say that. I am not endorsing that point of view. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have nothing to do with that.
0: Well, I, I, I would, I would hope that that he can't fire his father, but, but he could if he wanted to. <laughs> um, but, but. Zach suggested that we need to show an example again of how people, if, if, if you're in the market to trade a car or to sell a car, how to figure out what the best possible price that you can get for your car might be. And I believe, Justice, since, since you have the skill set and I do not, uh, that you're going to go over with us how it is that we could possibly do that.
1: Yeah, so many, many ways, but we're, we're going to go over uh, one of them, which is how to use the sell feature on CarEdge.com. This okay. is something that I do literally with every single vehicle that someone comes into coaching service for, gets a consult call for. Uh, I always run it through the sell feature to figure out what the real world offers are because books are great. But books are looking at the past and trying to figure out the
0: future. Uh, you know, books so they're, they're, books are merely a guide. <laughs> exactly, that's it. They're a guide. They're they're not etched in stone.
1: So what I like about the sell feature is they're real world cash offers. This is what someone's willing to pay you in cash for this vehicle, and that to me uh, holds a lot more weight than than everything else does.
0: Can we show the folks how to do that? Yeah, so okay. I just pulled
1: up this 2021 F-150. Okay, so um, you just look at the price history. Oh, of course, I'm locked out of my data. Uh, let me refresh.
0: Now, see, you're doing this exactly like Zach does. You you're, you're yeah. locked out. You you haven't logged yeah. in yet. You haven't yeah. No, I logged in. We, okay. it, just, it just does this to me once in a while.
1: If it ever does that to you, and you're a member, by the way, if you see yourself signed up here at the top, just refresh your screen and it'll unlock for you. It does. It gets hung up every once in a while. Not well. too much. But I'm looking at the price history here. Um, see. So, uh, so this year, they were asking 50000 in February for it. Uh-huh. Now they're asking forty seven nine. So, I'm going to take the VIN here. And where
0: is this located? This is in AR. It'd be Arkansas. That would be Arkansas. Uh, You know, I don't don't know all my state's abbreviations, um, but AR is either going to be Arkansas or accounts receivable. I'm not sure which. uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, this is 6791. Oh, that's right.
1: We need a zip code on here. So, I always go just over here find the dealer's actual address here so we got 71762 71762 also uh, when you click over to go to the dealer it's a great place to find if there's a Carfax report yep. or AutoCheck so in
0: other words you you would just you would click go into our website and then click on the sell tab yep click on the sell tab so okay already, yeah. And then and then plug in the information mm-hmm. and then answer a few dozen questions. <laughs> yes. So if <laughs> you know the options of the truck, usually the sales um,
1: CarWiser is very good at getting the features that the vehicle already has. But if yeah. you happen to know that there were other things installed on it, go ahead and click through all of those. Uh, if you're unsure, then um, you can skip most of those. Uh, again, it's usually pretty good at knowing. All the things that are installed at least factory installed if there were stuff the dealer did or the last owner did you'd have to put those in manually because they won't know this
0: and in order to do this you have to pay how much to us uh you have to pay us zero dollars and zero cents to do oh this. stop it zero dollars and zero cents to do <laughs> that's this? right
1: oh come, come on and zero dollars to accept any of these offers it's not going to be the 38 900 minus 200 dollars for a convenience fee this is what you're actually going to get wow. from you know CarGurus and vroom there seems to be a so somewhat large discrepancy between these there two
0: does <laughs> uh, apparently vroom's missing something they're thinking yeah. they're only buying half the truck
1: uh, yeah, uh, somehow, uh, you know, in these cases, uh, obviously, you want to go to CarGurus. If you get the pending offers, you yes. have to save the offer and then create your CarWiser account, and then you'll get those emailed to you. You won't get them otherwise.
0: Okay, so and gonna, and to create that CarWiser account, there's a charge of... Zero dollars and zero cents. Stop it! So, yeah. so all of this, so in a matter of minutes... If, for instance, you have your own vehicle and you have, let's, let's say, you have an extra vehicle, and and you're thinking about, well, I've got an extra vehicle. Why don't I just find out what it's worth? Maybe I'll sell it. You could just come into Car Edge, click on the Sell tab, and then um, plug in the VIN and the miles and and all the information about the vehicle, and you can get honest to God quotes. Yep. That that these these people would stroke a check for. Um, for your vehicle in less than five minutes. Yep. And if
1: you're trying to figure out the retail value, Ray, how much would you put onto it for a retail value? Uh,
0: well, if I saw, you know, like if it's worth thirty-eight, 38.9 to to a dealer at cargo's, you know, I'm guessing they're gonna mark it up for grand. So they're thinking that that's probably a forty two, forty-three thousand dollar truck. What was that? What was that deal? we asking for that truck, just out of curiosity. Forty-seven. They were
1: something? Asking uh,
0: forty-five.
1: Five. Okay, so they're a little high. So, so it's so, a it's a tad bit high. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but. So you could you could take a vehicle like this that you're thinking about perhaps purchasing, and say, hey, look, we just ran it through. These are the best offers we can get for it. There's a reason that these dealers are only willing to pay 30, 38, 388. Yeah, they're, they're exactly. not thinking they can market up to 45 grand. So, you know, I'd be interested in your truck. How much can you save me off of the 45, five that you're asking? Because mm-hmm. realistically, it's not worth that. So you can use it as a negotiating tool, correct? Absolutely,
1: absolutely, and you know, and if you are a member now, this is not free. You have to be at least a data member for this part of it. Okay, uh, but if we were going to go into here, and you just compare compare it with Black Book too. Uh, oh, did I? All right. Let's see, look like you had the whole VIN, but uh... yeah, maybe oh, it looks like there's a space in the beginning there.
0: All right, well. I'm getting a space.
1: I am getting a space
0: in there. Well, maybe it just doesn't like that Vin for whatever reason. Uh yeah, usually. I would think it's thinking yeah. it's not 17 digits, but that would just be me.
1: Yeah, I don't know what's uh, I don't know why it's saying that right now. Okay. Uh, oh, there's no nine. Somehow that nine is not copying over. How's that? what if we run it like that? there we there go. go and this was a xlt to so come over here xlt so there we go we're putting the average uh retail at 44 40 to 44 so that that fits into the 42.9 that you're saying from the uh from the CarWiser and the 45 from here so you know probably what one to two thousand dollars over
0: yeah about a, a couple yeah. thousand dollars more than they should be asking for it and these are these are tools that you can use in order to make sure that uh, besides our community and besides working with with our uh courage uh, coaches these are tools that you can use to make sure that you're not overpaying for something.
1: And to feel confident when you go into the dealer that your numbers are real. You're not just picking out a number, you're not just saying, you know, 20% less. You're not, you know, come in here, get the numbers in here, and you can do it just with CarWiser. But you know, if you have a data membership, might as well run that Black Book report to get figure out what that range is. And you can go in there and you can feel confident that. You're being realistic with the dealer,
0: and 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 uh, help me um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe a data membership. I don't know if it's data or data, um, um, but I believe that membership is nine ninety nine a month. Is that what it is? It is. It is uh, ten dollars a month, and you can get the Car Edge report, and you can get access to Black Book. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a special through the end of the month. I don't know how much it takes off but I am like get 25%. 25%. I was going to say 20. Uh, 25% wow. until
1: the 3rd of October. So now it's a great time to get in there.
0: So that Order. means if if you wanted that data it's realistically $7.50 a month. Yes. For the first month. If you take advantage of our For 25. the first month. Yeah. Correct.
1: Oh my. And you me. get Twenty five percent off your consult calls right now too. So if you want to pick up the phone and talk to me directly, we can have a thirty minute conversation. You can get that for twenty five percent off. I believe that equals fifty two dollars right an
0: hour. Wow. Well, may I may, may may I say to those watching and listening, justice is worth a hell of a lot more than fifty two dollars an hour. I'm just I'm just putting that out there. Um, the knowledge. Um his his ability to really um look at a deal, figure out where you can have some savings. He's really good at what he does, and he's worth what much more. Don't tell this to Zach, but you're worth much more than fifty-two dollars an hour. I know thank we're you. not paying you fifty-two dollars <laughs> an hour, but that's besides I want you to know I know that I think you're worth that more. Um thank you.
1: I appreciate <laughs> that. And I love our console calls. I love being able to get on either a video call or a phone call and just talk to people for 30 minutes. And we're really we can deep dive into stuff and you can ask all your questions and we can answer things like um, how much to adjust if the car is certified. Exactly. Yeah. And what would you say to that? Right. Well, what I would about? say
0: it depends. <laughs> and here's what it depends on. If it is a factory certified program, um, then that that that's probably worth fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars. If it is a third party certified program, uh, that's worth about 300 bucks, maybe 500 bucks. Um, but so, yes, it depends. Uh, you know, the, the the third party certified programs are not anywhere near as strong as the factory underwritten certified programs. So, no. Yes. Well, and, and I would say this. I would say
1: when we're looking at that range that we saw, Yes, 40 to 44, if it's certified, trying to lean up towards that 44. Absolutely. That makes more sense. If it's uncertified, then you're going to go down to, I mean, your guesstimate was just spot on to what I would have said, which is about 42.9. Yeah. Uh, I think you're about down there. And I think that is, so you're not really going above that range, I don't think, even if it's certified. You're just hitting the higher end of that range if it's certified and the lower end if it's
0: not. Exactly. Now I do remember um, a, a, another um, direction from my son. Is I've got to say, really, you got to be kidding me. And and I sent you something today that I just thought was um, the perfect. Really, you got to be kidding me. Can uh, you pull it up for everybody? Yeah,
1: yeah. So was uh, this is from Jalopnik? Um, yes. Buyer paying eight hundred and forty dollars a month for a Dodge Charger a year after declaring personal bankruptcy. Uh, By the way, I love that it's not even a new charger. No, it's a two thousand eighteen. Yeah, it's a twenty (laughs) eighteen.
0: It's a five year
1: old charger.
0: And 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 this is the really you got to be. I mean, there's so many really you got to be kidding me's within this. But the fact that he declared bankruptcy a year ago. Um, because he had bought a car that well blew up in a month and, and just other issues. So he declared bankruptcy and he goes out and and he overpays for a 2018 charger, and his payment is eight hundred and forty dollars a month for 72 months. And how much 72 was 72 months? Yeah. You know
1: how much I, of that is interest. Do you remember how much of that payment is interest?
0: Probably at least half, but I'm going to do something real because, you know, like I can be like my son. We're going to take 840 times 72. Okay, he's paying $60,480 for that 2018 charger just so he can say, but I'm driving a charger and and I'm going to say, what the hell is wrong with you. What I mean, how can how can you be so foolish as to find yourself in situations where you can't afford the bills you already have? You have yeah. to declare personal bankruptcy so that you can then get your house in order so to speak, your financial house in order. And then turn around and commit to over $60,000 for a five-year-old charger at a high interest rate, uh, how stupid can you be? At, I mean, how many times do you have to bang your head against the wall before you go, ooh, that hurts. Maybe I should stop. I mean, We are, when I see things like that, honest to God, I think we're doomed as a society. Um I I just I just don't know how people can't learn anything from their mistakes. There's nothing wrong, we all make mistakes. There's nothing wrong with making mistakes. What's wrong with making mistakes is if you keep making the same damn ones over and over and over again. And and I don't know. I'm thinking there's a second bankruptcy in this guy's future. Um when he realizes that he paid way too much for that charger, and he goes, eh, what, I, I, why do I want to keep making these payments? It, it's just lunacy, absolute lunacy.
1: So how about this, Ray? He paid um, $35,821.29 is what the OTD on the charger
0: was. Okay. okay, which was considerably more than it should have been <laughs> worth, I'm assuming. Correct. Okay. Um, his interest is uh, four hundred
1: and thirty-eight dollars and sixty-five cents a month, which equals out to thirty-four thousand eight hundred and twenty-two dollars. So he paid thirty-five thousand eight for the car, and he's paying thirty-four eight for interest.
0: I I, I go back to how stupid can you be? Yeah. I mean, at at a certain point, you just have to look at it and go, this doesn't make sense, but if if some of this stuff made sense you wouldn't have found yourself in that that first bankruptcy so
1: yeah I and mean, you know I, one of the things that struck me is he says he he makes uh $85,000 a year and his wife makes uh, $40,000 a year um yeah and they have two cars and they had two cars and when the one blew up he was driving uh, or he was riding a scooter for a little bit. But then his wife got pregnant and decided to buy this. You know how practical a uh, 2018 Dodge Charger is for families. It's a no, good, solid family car. Yeah, no. Fun. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's Absolutely. the first thing I think of when I think family. I think, oh, I got to get me a Charger. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, but but when I'm thinking of a – I'm thinking of a phone Charger or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Not Not – not a Dodge Charger. Not a Dodge Charger, yes. Uh, and
1: we had, before we go, uh, I know we had one more. Uh, you got to be kidding me. Okay. Which, uh, spoke definitely to my heart as well that you sent me. Because <laughs> uh, For those who on this channel who don't know, uh, my last vehicle was a Kia Optima hybrid. Uh, vehicle I liked, but I had some issues where the battery light kept coming on. And there was a lifetime recall on the engine. And so I decided, no, I, I don't want to deal with that. Um, so I just let someone else deal with that. And I got a new vehicle. So
0: uh, here we come. And what was the news today, Ray? Um, well, something like 3.3 uh, million Hyundai's and Kia's are being recalled for a potential fire hazard. Um, and you are being told if you are the owner of one of these cars, not to park it in your garage. Make sure you park it outdoors because, well, you don't want your you don't want the building you live in to burn down if and when it catches fire. And I I was thinking to myself when I saw this, I I, I thought, well, obviously, these folks are sick and tired of Ford always leading the major leagues in recalls. So they thought, hey, what the heck? Let's have 3.3 million cars of our finest products recalled by the federal. I mean, 3.3 million. And some of these cars go date back to what, uh, 2010?
1: 2010 to 2019 is how these shake out. But you know what struck me on these, Ray, is there's only two hybrids well there these are it. these are ice vehicles, straight ice vehicles that are catching fire like what well
0: well haven't haven't we heard that realistically more ice vehicles catch fire by a percentage of vehicles um than uh, battery electric vehicles and well, yeah, hybrids are at the top so. and hybrids as a percentage are even higher um but having said that, I still believe hybrids are the bridge to get people from ICE vehicles to full battery electric vehicles, um, and and I believe we're going to need that bridge. Um, but that that that's some pretty staggering numbers from Hyundai Kia. Yeah, you know, taking their <laughs> shot to try and take over the major league lead in recalls for the year. That's right, and and just for you, Jarrett, you like how we bring up. Uh...
1: 3.3 million recalls, and we're still able to bash Ford in there. We were, well, we were able to do
0: both of them at well, the same you time. Know, you know, I have to be, I must be consistent. That's right. That's right. So <laughs> even if even if Kia, Hyundai
1: uh, recalled $3.3 million, we're still going to bring up that Ford is the leader in recalls.
0: Yes. Now, I believe we'll be back tomorrow. Are you going to be yeah. here with me tomorrow? <laughs> I will and we will have a special guest as well. Yes, we will have uh, Joshua Fagan um uh, sueyourdealer.com um who specializes in consumer law in the state of Florida and I forget where else some a couple states and uh, there's a, a a new discrepancy that well we're going to discuss with uh, Joshua tomorrow so please be here tomorrow noon eastern time 9 sacramento time 8 a.m. in Anchorage, 6 a.m. in Honolulu. And for all our friends in Manila who are just Manila maniacs, um, it'll be on at midnight in Manila. Thanks, Justice. I I will see you again tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Ray. Thank Thank you, you, everybody. everybody. Thanks for being here today.